Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, what's up? And welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast hosted by two fantastic, incredible comic (laughs) reviewers. Um, Her name is Siobhan Coombs. Um, his name is Andrew Evans. Oh, very good. Thank you. Synergy, synergy. Uh, Siobhan, <laughs> did you know that we have sponsors of this episode? What? That's right. Our two sponsors for Whoa. this episode we've got today are Matthew Hungerford or Hungerford uh, and uh, Zachary Ford. So, ah, two Fords. Two Fords. So, Ford. For, this, is, this episode <laughs> of the series is brought to you by Ford. Um, I, we have a Patreon page. And uh, I, I, after neglecting it for, for, for way too long uh, because of life, mm. um, I realized that one of the first things that we said we would do is everyone who supports the show will get thanked personally on the show. Ah. So uh, I'm, I'm kicking, kicking this episode off as the, uh, the tra- tradition that we're going to start doing that. Nice. And uh, Matthew and Zachary were our first two patrons. Oh, thanks, guys. Um, and it's a good time to bring up the Patreon page <laughs> because we put out a bonus episode last week in which we reviewed all of the... Like uh, like graphic novels that we've mm. read in the last uh, six months or so. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some a lot of manga there. Do mm-hmm. you say manga or manga? I say manga. Um, <laughs> at Kings, we started trying to get everyone to say manja for a little while just <laughs> to upset customers, <laughs> but it never quite took off. But we thought it was funny. Um, I reviewed a Matt Fraction book, or Fraction or Fraction. <laughs> Um, and uh, I don't know, there's other stuff there. I, re- yeah. I, re- I reviewed a, a comic, The Black Eyed Peas, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you should It was go re- really great, guys. Yeah. <laughs> That's obviously, it was really great. No, we, it's canon that we hated it because Fergie wasn't involved. Yeah, obviously. Um, so, yeah, um, if you want to hear that and other bonus content that we are going to be procuring in the next uh, couple of weeks, um, we actually put out our, our first ever newsletter last week, too, mm-hmm. which is called Heaps Fine. I was really pleased with that. I didn't know that's what it was going to be called. Yeah, I was going to call it. I looked up, like, in the thesaurus other words for serious and other words for issues yep. so it was going to be like sincere concerns for serious <laughs> issues man list <laughs> but then i thought Heap, heaps fine is way more in line so, yeah. with, uh, with with the podcast and we can use sincere concerns yeah. for something <laughs> really else maybe are. a spin-off spin-off <laughs> podcast um yeah and if you want to check out an awesome um newsletter that we sent out last week it had uh siobhan reviewed uh she kind of did like a top five dead or alive um of um tezuka's mm-hmm. comics what's his full yep. name Osama Tezuka. Um, kind of counting down your favorite books by him. Yep. Um, including one, or not including one of the books that uh, he that, that you reviewed in our bonus episode last week. Yeah, no, that's that was just a 
That was just an extra. Not even in my top five, but well, still really good. Top ten? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can get you can get six to ten in the next news. Yeah. Maybe. Um, and then was also uh, Lynn from Kings. Lynn Bone, as we uh, yep, as we call I love her it. affectionately, uh, reviewed or did her top five dogs in comics. Yeah, so good. And um, Jim love. Bone from Kings uh, <laughs> wrote a. Well, did, <laughs> I, I kind of told the story in the, in the newsletter, but. He he. We we said just before we recorded a few weeks ago, I was like, "Oh, we really want you to write for this serious issues newsletter that we're doing mm. about Savage Dragon." And he was like, "Yes, okay, you've got it." And midway through recording the episode, he just handed us a piece of paper. He kind of threw it over <laughs> to our side of the desk, and it was just like this kind of manifesto about why he thinks Savage Dragon <laughs> is so excellent. And um, I read it, and I was like, "Oh, that's really good, man. Can you email it to us?" And he was like, "No, I, I've deleted it already. I just I just typed it out and sent it to you." And I was like, "Oh, well, I mean." I need to. And he's like, tell you what, he, got, he took it from me. I'll, I'll scan it back in, and he scanned it, and then just printed out another copy. <laughs> so I had two physical copies of this thing that I then had. I still had to type it up. Anyway, uh, Jim, Jim has two small children and hasn't slept in like six years. Really, Macquarie <laughs> uh, uh, Kings is very funny. So yeah, no one sleeps. Uh, check out uh, our, our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Serious Issues Podcast for all kinds of uh, good stuff. If you sign up in the next week or so and drop me a message, I will send you the uh, the newsletter. Nice. And you can uh, read up on our adventures. <laughs> um, hey, speaking of children, uh, getting in the way oh, of things. Man. Siobhan, this is the second time that I've sat down on the couch <laughs> today uh, to record. Uh, we were about to hit record earlier today. Um, and uh, and I got a call from my, my sons and daughters, daycare, that um, my daughter Matilda... Who just turned one? Uh, happy birthday, Matilda. Threw up. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go and pick her up. So if this episode's off a little bit later than usual, it's because uh, of the uh, crappy, like, you know. Reflux system re- of your child. Yeah, that's right. Just in general, <laughs> general terrible one year old immunity. And also, if I'm like slightly hysterical, that's because I have a baby and I'm not really sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Um, who, who hopefully won't even be heard on this podcast. Yeah. I have a feeling that, that my dulcet tones in the living room will just keep him asleep for at least two hours. Mm. Yep. Who needs a white noise machine? Siobhan, let's review this week's comics. We kick Yay. off uh, every single show by reviewing uh, all of the new number ones that came out last week. Of course, you can find all of these books and more at King's Comics in mm-hmm. Sydney, uh, kingscomics.com online or 310 Pitt Street in Sydney. Come visit. Nailed it. Make sure you ask for Wayne. Yeah. And uh, tell him that you love the new Marvel Generations books. <laughs> he uh, loves it. He loves them. He loves them so much. Um, <clears throat> we'll be reviewing them Generations books later, but we've got... Um, I was actually going to text you, mm. and I was like, no, I'll save it. I'll say this little rant. This may be the best first things first since we started the podcast. Oh, my God. Th- but then I read a few other ones. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but so, the, anyway, the, the, next, like, the first five number ones are like certified, you should be reading these series. Um, and uh, I don't know, do you want to talk, start talking about Redlands or Mr. Miracle first? Um, let's talk about Redlands because it's okay. fresh in my Yeah, mind. and I feel like every comic book podcast is going to be ranting and raving about how good Mr. Miracle is. Yeah. And we will soon. But first, Redlands, a, uh, a new book by a very familiar name, although you may not know her as a writer. Mm. You're probably way more familiar with her as a colorist. Her name is Geordie Belair, and she wrote, this is her first uh, book as a writer. Um, first, yeah, I think first ongoing. I think maybe she's contributed to like small little things in the past. Could be wrong. No idea. Um, this is a book that she's put out through Image Comics um, with uh, Vanessa Del Rey. She's on the colours on, on this book, Geordie, and Vanessa Del Rey did the art. Um, where do I know Del Rey from? Lana Del Rey? Yep, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Vanessa Del Rey. I have no idea where. She did stuff on like Boom or something. I don't know. Possibly, but I really, really like her art on this. It really um, suits 
this kind of terrifying, spooky witch vibe. Yeah, it's, this is a horror book. Yeah. Um, and uh, this book opens with uh, a failed lynching of, of, uh, of witch, of, I guess, witches in the 70s in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, they've, and the, there's, a, there's a big tree on fire as, uh, as some terrified uh, police officers and sheriffs uh, look on from their headquarters. The police have a headquarters, police station. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it looks like a big house. HQ, mm. uh, and uh, basically, like you know, they, they, they think that they assume they've killed these these women, but maybe not. Um, and uh, they're terrified of them. There are prisoners downstairs. A little girl appears, um, and they let her in. They think she, they're trying to save her from the witches, but maybe they, maybe they just let a little witch in themselves. Mm. Um, this is uh, like kind of. The kind of horror that you don't always see in a horror book, like we're kind of used to things just being a bit kind of creepy and off-putting. Mm. This is like action-based horror for the, yeah. for the first two thirds of this book. It builds up these characters. I get that. I assume are going to be the main characters ongoing. Um, these three witches mm-hmm. um, who are who you don't really you don't even see them until the last two pages, and I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's sort of interesting because this issue almost felt like quite self-contained to me. Like it kind of almost finishes and like it's cool because it sets it up and now i'm really interested to see like either what came before this or what the these butchers are going to do next but it was really nice like it was a it was a nice little encapsulated first issue i yeah. really liked it yeah it's, it's, it's i think it's an excellent introduction to these characters mm. i was listening to another podcast um when i was on the way home from not recording our podcast nice i fanboy and they didn't like it because they thought it didn't. Uh, it didn't tell enough of the story. I'm a bunch of fucking idiots. <laughs> 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 That's what you get for listening to other podcasts, guys. Siobhan never listens to anyone <laughs> podcast. She's never listened to an episode of this one either. I really <laughs> not even I the ones really that she haven't. hasn't been on. <laughs> yeah, I try. I, I listened to the gym one. That was okay. good. And I should listen to the Lynn one. The Lynn's hilarious. Um, but uh, I think this like it really plays the genre really well. Like you're not. You're meant to like you're meant to be on your toes and and it kept mm. guessing by by horror, especially like you know suspenseful horror. And I think um, this book does a really good job of just making you very curious as to how we got to the situation we're seeing mm-hmm. and what's going to happen next. Um, there's a uh, you know it. I, I I haven't enjoyed a lot of um, comic book horror. Mm. Um, I, I think you know we brought up manga earlier. I think manga is one of the like you know it's much much better at doing horror. In, in comics than, than the Western comics kind of are. Um, I know a lot of people, will, people have been comparing this to, to Scott Snyder and Jock's Witches, which is a book mm-hmm. that I did not like at all. Mm. Um, but uh, this is uh, this is really, really compelling to me. It reminds me a little bit of um, somewhere between Black Magic and the Sabrina the Teenage Witch yeah. horror series that came out a couple of years ago that we love, even though I bet you this within six months we'll have more issues of <laughs> Redlands than we do Sabrina the Teenage Witch because Roberto Maguire Sacasa, you do too much. Yeah. Give us more Sabrina though. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, I think this is uh, this this book, you know, it won't give you nightmares, but it is there are, there are some chills to be found. And it's a compelling story, and uh, these characters look like they're going to be a lot of fun. I also would kind of throw a bit of Bitch Planet into the mix. Yeah, well, it's definitely got like a sort of um, slightly anarcho-feminist vibe, I would say. Um, Especially if you read the little essay at the back, it's kind of dedicated to like female punky teens which I thought oh not even punky i love this like yeah hey you young professional on the subway just trying to get home after a long day of work ignoring the glances from men who keep asking what are you reading is that a comic book come on sweetheart look over here this book is for you (laughs) did you you relate to that all as Um, as a one-time young professional (laughs) (laughs) that one time i tried to be a young professional and it just didn't work out um it also goes without saying that the colors are really exceptional on this yeah 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 it's like it's a really really great 
uh, new, new, new series. And, uh, Agreed. Yeah, I think uh, Jordi Belair definitely has a, a very good idea of how a comic book should be structured. And uh, I think I think a lot more will be revealed with issue two. Mm. And I'm very excited for it. Me too. On board, everyone. Everyone should pick this up. Redlands, issue number one. Let's talk about Mr. Miracle. Let's do it. We saved it till second. Um, although all of these, like, man, holy fuck, there were some good new series. There this really week. were. Um, Mr. Miracle is a, a book that uh, is, for me, like DC doing everything right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, so this is the uh, Tom King, uh, the creative team of uh, behind Sheriff of Babylon. You've got Tom King writing and Mitch Gerrards uh, doing his, the art. Although uh, it feels less like Sheriff of Babylon and a lot more like another Tom King series uh, that was over at Marvel, his take, his his uh, twelve issues of The Vision, yeah, which was one of our probably our favorite comic of last year. Very tonally similar, and also like uh, Mister's art on this reminds me a lot of um, I can't remember any words at the moment, but the guy who's been on Moon Knight, oh Greg Smallwood, yeah, yeah I would totally agree with that. Um, this art is. Really, really good too. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Um, and I think, you know, like, I think it's it's very different. You know, Sheriff of Babylon was very, uh, very washed out, um, kind of muted mm-hmm. colors and and kind of grainier kind of art. Um, but just seeing him draw some of the fantastic side mm. of, of 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 Mister Mar- Miracle, which is a character that we'll get into in a minute. But uh, I think uh, the biggest thing that I was that that I was hit with was just how good his art has gotten. Yeah, you know, because we saw him do the superhero stuff on those two issues of Batman, um, the, the the Catwoman issues of Batman recently, and I thought they were pretty good. But this is just like real, real great. Yeah, um, and there's a very interesting like I'm not sure if he did the colors on this book, but there's like there's a very interesting color palette, and he's playing around a lot with this kind of nine panel grid. Um, yep, he, format. He did pencils, inks, and colors. Mm, very cool. Very interesting. Real great. Uh, so, Siobhan, tell me about your history with Mr. Miracle, a, uh, a, a Jack Kirby creation, one of the new gods who is uh, like part god and then also like television escapist, like magician, basically. Mm. Well, he's, a, he's like the world's greatest escape artist and he's so good that he even escaped from the fires of apocalypse. And it took me like, I want to say like five years of reading um like working at a comic book store to realize that his name was Scott Free, and that was like a hilarious joke. Good job. He cuts out of every situation, Scott Free. Yeah. Um, I mean, my favorite thing about Mr. Miracle is Big Barter. <laughs> his wife. His wife. They have like the strongest relationship in comics. She is the coolest. Um, end of. Yes. Good. End of story. She's the yep. coolest. She's the coolest. Um, and this was like, this is a. He, we're used to kind of seeing him as a much like. A remarkably light-hearted character, despite his very difficult upbringing, um, he has always got this kind of sunny disposition. And so, this was a, like a very, very, very different take on the character. So, you last week you expressed concerns that, like, you'd heard that this is Tom King trying to, you know, ground Mister mm. Miracle. Um, he does so, but not in a way that I thought he was going to. When I heard when you told me that quote, I assumed this is going to be completely devoid of all the fantastic side of the new gods mm. and all that crazy stuff. But what he's done is managed to balance that out. So you have like Mr. Miracle has escaped death by basically attempting suicide mm. and being brought back from the brink of that. But whenever whenever he mentions that he did it to escape death, it doesn't feel genuine. It feels like, you know, he's covering for something that he's done. Um, and so his life on Earth is quite depressing. Um, but then you've got all the characters from Apocalypse, you know, 
coming to him on earth and then suddenly it just changes to like you know quite ridiculous but while still maintaining somewhat of a straight face yeah like i I don't know if i'm a hundred percent sold on this yet there were a couple of moments that i was like i just don't know like for me i just don't know if it 100 percent works yet like um the bit with oberon it struck me as quite kind of heavy-handed when I was, was like, oh, Oberon died last year. Don't you remember? And all that sort of stuff. And the bit with, like, his father. I'm I'm definitely interested. I'm definitely on board. I'm keen to see where it goes. You, you but so far, it was just I don't know if it 100% achieved that balance for me. You, you, like, you weren't sold just off of seeing the Allfather walking along the beach with his, <laughs> with his like... With uh, his hair flowing and his shoes off. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> That's all it took for me. I um look. I, I I love Tom King writing a book with a mood like this, um, yeah. far more so than I do his Batman stuff. I think I was, you know, I think I was kind of disappointed that the mood was so similar to the Vision. I've kind of gotten used to Tom King really surprising me and doing something super different with each of his books. And like this is definitely different from the Vision. Um, it's obviously dealing with like very very different ideas and concepts. But this was just like I don't know. Yeah, look, it, it really it really feels like he's just being allowed to do whatever the fuck he wants with these characters, yeah. which I think is, which is, is good. great. I would and, and, rather so, DC do that. Exactly. So when I when I said this is it's DC doing everything right, this is DC doing a book with very good paper stock, a very good <laughs> quality cardboard cover, absolutely a $3.99 price point, and most importantly, it says on the front cover, number one of 12. That's nice. It's saying that it's a miniseries. This is a finite amount of books, mm-hmm. and this is something that Marvel have, you know, and, 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 and no, actually DC are always pretty like outright about it when it's a mini series but you know like the vision for example you could tell there was always a 12 issue plan but it always no one never upfront yeah. about how many issues it's going to be um i think you know you, you know that this is going to be turned into a a graphic novel that is going to be a bestseller for years and years to come mm. i don't understand why both publishers don't encourage this sort of thing from creative teams more and more yeah yeah i like it definitely seems like it's the direction that comics are going in like telling stories in a sort of six or 12 issue format and then selling that in graphic novel i don't understand why the publishers don't see that when it's so obvious and the retailers tell them that yeah so look i I had high expectations for this book and i think it not only lived up to them but it kind of went past it because i was not expecting all of the crazy side of mr miracle i thought it was going to be an entirely grounded tale i wanted more crazy well i mean they they get in a boom tube at the very end of this issue so i mean it looks not crazy enough Um, so we always put together at the end of the, well, not, we've done it once because we've been around for a year, but <laughs> at the end of the year, we'll be doing our awards. And, mm-hmm. um, one of the award categories for the year is best first issue. And I feel like, like I would probably put Redlands issue one. I'd probably put Mr. Miracle issue one. Maybe you, you wouldn't, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll make a strong case at the time for the time. There are two more books that I, I, I really, really liked the first issue of. Nice. Um, and the first of them is, uh, is from a, uh, a publisher that we just can't, sing the praises loudly enough of Mm. and that's lion forge um we've been reviewing their books um what's his name again abirato and jasmaynard and jasmaynard that's right um and uh they're basically like you know they're they're republishing popular european comics Mm -hmm. um and uh and you know and translating them and putting them out in uh in very beautifully presented um, single issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a new one from them. It's a, a mini series called Ghost Money, uh, written by Terry Smolderin, who is best known for being the creator of the Gypsy series. 
I don't know what that is. No, but that's a great I. name. I just assumed that would be something you would have heard of. I nope. it up today because I uh, I got midway through reading this and I was like, who the fuck is this writer? It's yeah. so good. Yeah. Um, the art is by Dominique Bertale, mm-hmm. um, and this part one story is called The Lady of Dubai, uh, and uh, it kind of it set it sets the sets up the this book sets up with kind of like a very politically charged kind of intro mm-hmm. um in which we um see like the fallout from um is it Falua? Mm-hmm. is that assumed somewhere in the middle east mm-hmm. um and uh we we kind of learn about prisoners of war and um there's a basically they're hunting for um an al-qaeda accountant mm-hmm. or or, an, or a money advisor um and and it, i thought it was going to be a political comic all the way through and um, and then suddenly after um, after a, there's an attack at a protest, which is like in, in current day um, America, it's like extreme, mm. uh, extreme like alt right kind of neoconservatives. Yeah, neo neoconservatives have taken over, and so there's a protest which gets bombed. And while escaping from uh, the attack, uh, we our main character meets a rich woman, mm-hmm. and uh, she falls in love with her, um, and uh, this book is then suddenly this crazy futuristic romance between, I mean, almost like friendship romance at this point. Yeah. Um, uh, like as they travel from America to Dubai for one day on this futuristic kind of car that can connect Turn to a jet. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it just goes all over the place and it was quite a, a sweet personal story in parts. And then this kind of, brilliant world building and a mystery and intrigue. Mm-hmm. And this comic kind of had everything. Yeah. Um, when I first, when it, like, when it started, I was like, oh, this seems really, like, like, it's a tough read at the beginning. It's quite sort of, um, honest about the way that America pursued and treated, um, you know, supposed hostile individuals. Um, and so it was, like, quite, it's quite confronting in, um, parts, but it's, um, yeah, a really a really compelling read and I'm really keen to see where it goes and it was like it did feel like sort of three or four books kind of mashed into one but in a really great interesting way yeah and they, they all come together at the end too mm. this is a yeah this is like just a, a phenomenal issue yeah good fun um, and uh, the art is uh, is like all these books have been just just excellent mm. um, great great figure like great great people great um, great background stuff uh, excellent color palette um, and and very unique faces too. Mm. Yeah, it's great. Good I think it's kind of there, there is like that the that kind of classic European comic style is also quite similar to manga in a in a way. But, I mean, like it's distinctive, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like there's sort of a. Um, I feel like there's always a lot of panels. <laughs> yeah. In European comics, um, and sort of laid out in interesting ways. But it never feels overwhelming. Mm. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah, really good fun. Check it out, everybody. Ghost love Lion Forge. Lion Forge, mm-hmm. we love you. We friggin' love you. Um, another book that I was not expecting to like as much as I did. Um, oh, actually, no, I was very much expecting those three books to, to like them a lot. But uh, this one I took me by surprise a bit. Oh, damn. Um, yeah, I could have just I love le- I, I left in my comics here. Mm. <laughs> um, the Shadow, um, who is a character that we admitted to knowing nothing about when mm-hmm. the Batman and the Shadow crossover happened a couple I still of don't weeks really ago. I understand who he is. Um, he's just like he's, a, he's, he's a, just like a cool guy, yeah, with a big hat and a scarf. He and he and he's the spirit of vengeance. Ah, he, no, cool. he's not. That's probably the spirit. But anyway, <laughs> he's a vigilante like who laughs at people. Yeah, it's everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, the shadow has a new number one um, through Dynamite, written by Cy Spurrier, with art by Dan Waters and Daniel HDR. Um, 
and uh, this book um, doesn't feature the shadow as the um, protagonist or the narrator. Uh, this entire book is narrated kind of all. Basically, it's a a, a, a doctor or a nurse um, as she uh, removes the bandages from uh, a patient and talks about uh, a kind of formative experience. She mm. describes it of basically a um, when she was in uh, in high school. Um, two fellow students started gunning down classmates, um, and who should stop them? But the shadow. Nice. And uh, he, she recounts his laughter because that's where he, 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 the shadow laughs. Right. That's the first thing. Whenever the shadow is around, the first thing you hear is laughter, um, terrifying laughter, um, and uh, it, 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 it's quite antagonistic towards the uh, the, the 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 shooters. Mm-hmm. Which is a tone that you, I mean, obviously no one is ever on their side, but it, you know, people, it, people normally tread carefully with that kind of subject. This is not at all. Mm. Um, and, but it's, it's done in a, in a, in a really personal way from this character's point of view that I think is, um, is, is good. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, she basically, um, recounts this, 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 uh, you know, this, this formative experience that happened to her when she was in high school um, to the patient as she removes his bandages and then we realise that his entire body is just completely burnt and, 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 and you know, it's, it's a miracle that he's even alive. And then finally she removes the bandages from his head and he's like, please, why, why are you telling me this? Mm. And then she's like, because you're, when, when, when you were admitted to hospital, um, you know, what, before you passed out, you were laughing, and I would remember that. I, I, I remember that laugh like nothing else. You're you're the shadow, and the, and the issue ends. Cool. Yeah, I'll leave oh, this with man. you. You'll love this. It's yeah. awesome. It's really really great. Um, I think uh, you know, I think even with me after just kind of re- recounting what happened in this issue, yeah. which I very rarely do on the show, but um, it, there's there's still enough reasons for you to absolutely just pick this up and check it out. It's a really really cool take on a on a pulpy character mm. that wasn't pulpy at all. It was it was really really effortlessly modernized and and just feels like a very fresh take on this character. That's so cool, man! Um, I love Cyberia. Yeah, man, great stuff. He's so moment. great. Yeah, and he's got a new image series starting too. Wow. Yeah, go Cy. He's awesome. I'm uh, I'm almost finished rereading the uh, his X Men Legacy run oh, cool. that I've been like reading one issue of every two weeks <laughs> when, <laughs> when I'm not reading all these other comics. <laughs> Uh, so the final truly excellent number one that we read this week um, was Inhumans, Once and Future Kings, uh, written by a very great uh, creative team of uh, Christopher Priest and Phil Noto. And, uh, of course, we've also got a, a, a Lockjaw, the uh, teleporting dog from the Inhumans, uh, a backup story written by Squirrel Girl's own Ryan North and um, art by Gustavo Duarte. Um, this is awesome. Yeah, this is so good. Um, Damn, I love Phil Noto. Yeah, I love Phil and I love Christopher Priest, and he's someone that I did not realize that I loved until uh, I binged. Until you looked on. in his eyes. Yeah, no, exactly. I looked in his <laughs> eyes because um, uh, I can't think of a good joke. I'm out. <laughs> Sorry. It's too late for good jokes. Uh, tapping out for the rest of the episode, guys. No good jokes for the rest of the episode. But um, yeah, I've been I've been binging a lot of his stuff recently, mm. um, and uh, he's he has a very great way of writing dialogue. Mm, yeah, really compelling. Um, so this is a uh, kind of story about. Uh, Black Bolt before he was the king, Medusa before she was the queen, and Maximus before he was mad. Nice. Uh, and uh, it, it kind of sets up their relationship with the current king, and um, the end of this issue transports them to Earth um, via a character who I don't know who that is. Yeah. 
I don't know what time he's from. I don't know when this is set. It feels like it not that long ago, I guess, because the guy who who brings him to Earth is like and enters wearing like Apple headphones, mm. earphones, little earbuds. But he's clearly a time traveler in some yeah. capacity. I just love also how kind of like brash and kind of uh, like you know at one point he uh, he makes a joke that. Um, the king is going to um, stoop Medusa, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was excellent. I think that's one of my favorite things about Christopher Priest is how crass he can get, mm. but he's he's he writes very real characters that you could totally believe that they would say that. It's not just him, him. You know, sometimes Garth Ennis writes characters that you're like, you're just Garth Ennis saying gross shit. <laughs> you're just a terrible, terrible person <laughs> with horrible thoughts. Um, but this, yeah, I think he, he creates very realistic characters who would say crass stuff. Absolutely. And I really enjoyed this version of Medusa, who's not a character who I generally um, find has much sort of humanity or warmth to her. Yes. And in this, she was still like, she was, you know, a feisty teen and all that stuff, yep. but um, came across as very like well-rounded and realistic. Um, and like there are instances of like crassness and like there's a bit where the guy's like, oh, I'm a deucer. If you, you know, have sex with me, then something, something, whatever. And grabs like, her butt. Yeah. And in certain situations, you'd be like, oh, fucking hell again. Um, stupid sexual assault metaphors, etc. But it works in this and it's like, seems like a thing that would happen, you know? Yeah. I was into it. I liked it. I yeah. like the sexual assault. <laughs> I'm checking. <laughs> Listen to our bonus episode, everyone. Siobhan loves that. <laughs> oh, man. It's a favorite thing in comics. <laughs> um, also, the Lockjaw backup was adorable. Yeah, really I mean, fun. it was less a Lockjaw story and more a uh, Ben Grimm story, which is, gr- which is great. Yeah, I'm really into it. Um, and uh, it was super goofy and silly. And uh, yeah, and I-, I, hope, I hope every issue has, has one of these little backups in it. Also, if... Like, if that wasn't enough to sell you on this comic, this has a baby locked door in it. That's right. Little puppy. That's what, that, that's, what, that's what little dogs are called. Puppies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, Phil, Phil Nerdo's art is spectacular, especially um, drawing Medusa's hair, mm. which is something that not all, not, uh, not all artists or television uh, producers oh, my goodness. are good at doing. But uh, yeah, her, the her hair in this is spectacular. Just awful. Yeah, no good. Um, so Marvel also released another number one. Um, but uh, this was not as good. It wasn't terrible. It was fine. Um, there it is. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it was uh, the second in the Generations books that they're doing. This is Jean Grey and the Phoenix. So both iterations of Jean Grey, the current time-displaced one, and the one who, um, well, the, the, she for whatever reason, goes back in time. It's not yeah. explained. She just is suddenly back in time. I think we just have to accept this is what gonna, is going to happen. Just deal with it, Wayne. In these books. Um <laughs> Uh, and uh, I, kind of, I, I think it's at some point in Claremont's run of X-Men where all the other X-Men are, are like Jean Grey thinks they're all dead mm. and she's about to get tricked by um, is it Mastermind? Yeah, I don't yeah. know about that like I haven't read that specific bit of X-Men history. And so I, I'm saying this knowing that I'm in like, you know, very close reach <laughs> of your, of your boyfriend lobbing something at me. I find the Chris Claremont X-Men stuff unreadable. <laughs> Get out of my house. No for <laughs> <laughs> um, just no, but like, you know, like in, insanely overwritten. Um, it's dialogue. a lot of dialogue. Yeah. 80s. Um, the story beats are great. But yeah, yeah I, like someone should do a director's or like a, I guess like a meddler's cut <laughs> where they just like don't like cut out every second word balloon. It's <laughs> a good call. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so basically this is this is the, the younger version of Jean Grey making it, meeting up with her older self, 
And they which, go and have a sexy party. Yeah, and this is this is rare in 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 this series because um, it, the legacy character aspect. It's always like a new version, the, the new person who's taken the mantle of this character meeting up with the old person. But this is actually like Jean Grey and th- this, is, this is the same person essentially. Yeah. Just time displaced. Oh, God, it's so, so it's the young. So essentially, this is the young version meeting the old version. But can you imagine trying to being like, oh, yeah, I've heard of Jean Grey and going into a comic book store and picking this issue up and just being like, what in the what? Yeah. What in the world? Uh, so th- too far, this is written by Cullen Bunn with um, art by R.B. Silver, who Art's draws. Oh, man. She, he draws a great bikini on Jean Grey. Totally. Too. That's a that really, a that's a really cool bikini. I feel like there's way less fun, like, X Men go to the beach <laughs> style <laughs> um, story arcs these days. Um, and also busy uh, fighting clouds. Yeah. If, if, man, if you saw a green cloud, you would try and fight it for, oh, for two, 12 issues too. <laughs> um, 12 issues and then a massive event crossover. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, like this, this issue kind of ends up sending them to space and we meet up with Galactus and, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. Yeah, it was fine. Um, I, I, these are just going to be kind of completely inessential little one shots. Yeah. I really don't get why they exist. Yeah. Leading but, up to generations. That thing, but I don't know why. I don't know why it is. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Oh. And, but I don't think. Gen- but generations isn't going to be particularly plot based either. I don't think. Like it just seems, seems like a, a couple of one shots. Oh well, whatever. I, I kind of I guess I prefer this to like a massive event. Actually, no. That's it. We're going to talk about Secret Empire. And I kind, mm. of, kind of, kind of, still enjoying it right now. <laughs> anyway, um, so now we're going to hit through the uh, the books that maybe weren't as good as the other number ones, and we'll stay in Marvel's wheelhouse now for a uh, Star Wars one shot. Uh, did you yeah, read this? look, I started reading it, and then midway through, I went, "I can't be bothered with Star Wars comics." Anymore. Well, you haven't read Rogue One. You haven't watched Rogue One. Have yeah, you? I watched, you Rogue, watched Rogue One. Rogue? Okay, yeah. right. and, I go uh, to the movies sometimes. Um, you went to the movies last week. You went to the Crying Room. Yeah, I went to the. There's a really the um, movie, The Crying Room. I went to the there, movie. There was the a, there was a I just went and cried movie. in a room. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a cinema where there's like a glass box where you can sit in it with your baby and watch a movie. And I watched Valerian, and I loved it. <laughs> Um, so, uh, did you ever think after watching Rogue One, gee, I wonder how that wise Kraken robot and that kind of shady hero guy got to meet? Nope. Nope. Well, this comic explains <laughs> how that happened. Uh, written by Dwayne Swizinski. Nailed it. Yeah, nailed it. Uh, and art by Fernando Blanco. Um, this tells the story of Cassian, the, um, Kind of, I guess he's like the the one of the, the main heroes alongside Genosa in um in in Rogue One, um basically how he meets and reprograms K two S O, and um I think the best thing I can say about this book is that Swazinski um really nails uh the way K two S O attitude and and speeches in the movie, and um he should be uh, given a round of applause for that. So let's do that. Good right job. Now. Very good, everyone. I need to talk to someone who cares about Star Wars about what the rules of robots are in this world because I don't understand. Robots seem to be able to kill people and also they seem to seem to be able to be sassy sometimes. Where'd that come from? Well, I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Sassy That's robots I need to are talk great. to someone. Why would you want I'm your robots to be less sassy? <laughs> I love sassy robots. I just want to know how that came about. Um, yeah, this is a completely inessential one shot that I... I I am, I'm really scared of robots, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, how did you find that out? Because I, I would come home all the time and be like, well, you know what robots have done now? They can walk. Great. Now they're all going to kill us. And then I'd go home and I'd read Pluto for six hours and be like, boo, robots. <laughs> 
Another fun, another fun hashtag Siobhan fact that I learned today is that uh, she went to trapeze school for a while. I used to do trapeze. So we've got Shakespeare oh, school, man. trapeze school. Look, I've had a lot of failed interests. <laughs> but comic book podcasting is forever. Um, yeah, if, if you were an absolute diehard fan of these characters and you kind of want to see the classic Lucasfilm, let's let's see how, let's let's put up, like show how these things were created. Mm. Um, you know, prequel BS, then pick this up. But I, I don't know, I feel like... I liked these characters enough that I would have read a couple of comic, like, you know, issues featuring them. Mm. And you could have told their their um, origin story, like, within another story without it just being like, this is how it happened. Yeah. Because uh, it's not particularly interesting. Whatever. Um, Marvel also put out Zombies Assemble 2, number one, um, which is uh, funny because I don't remember Zombies Assemble 1 actually finishing. Yeah, I was really confused until I realized that this just, like... Continues it. On. Yeah, yeah. So I guess they're they in they must have put up in, in Japan. This is the this is the manga uh, Avengers zombie story, and I think it must have they must have released it in like little volumes mm. um, in in Japan, which I kind of would just prefer. <laughs> I would love a little proper yeah. like you know small format zombie Marvel book. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, we're get, we're getting it. Not only are we getting it in four issues, we're getting it. You get a zero issue first, then you get one, two, three instead of getting one, two, three, four. Because we did the zero issue like, with, with well, on the gym episode. Anyway, it's written by uh, Komiyama with um, Yosaku y- Komiyama, um, and the uh, translation and script is by Jim Zub. Uh, and uh, this just continues the story. It's not really a, a first issue. We probably just could have just left this in the, in the Marvel <laughs> reviews we'll do later on. Um, but they but, put a number one on it. Yeah, and uh, I, I, like, I actually still quite enjoyed this. Yeah, this is good fun, good silly, lighthearted. Marvel Cinematic Universe zombies. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a virus that turns people into zombies, and after three hours after being exposed to the virus, the zombies explode, cool. spreading the virus to more people, and everyone they hit with the with the goop that explodes from them. You thought um, zombies were bad, now there's exploding zombies, and uh, it ain't just regular people that are getting turned into zombies. Uh, Black Widow, Thor, and Hulk have all been and, turned like, into he's zombies, out. and and they're not just like regular zombies. These guys like they're all like cool like decaying face and it's all yeah, gnarly and gross. Yeah, their eyes It's fun. It's fun good. stuff. I like this stuff. It's like real good brainless like <laughs> stuff to read. <laughs> it's about my level. Um, another manga um, version of uh, a new of a new book that started this week was the third in the Sherlock series um, which is done by the artist and writer Jay. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the translation comes out through Titan Comics um, and this one is the... Uh, I guess the third episode of Sherlock, which mm-hmm. is called The Great Case. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the one in which we kind of, this ends with him finally coming face to face with um, Moriarty, right? Moriarty, yeah. Yeah. Which was completely ridiculous. I don't know yeah. If you, yeah, yeah. It was and so I, silly. So I think I might, I, I didn't read the last, like the, the weird, like, isn't the. Slightly racist one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the China one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I remember, I, I, I'm really keen to see how they pull off that stupid pool scene with Moriarty because yeah. it was so dumb. And I actually think it will lend itself to being really fun to read as a manga. Totally. Um, as I always, still like this. I think it's heaps silly. Yeah, it's really... But uh, the first one, the um, pink, study in pink, yeah, yeah, yeah. was excellent. Yeah. I think it reads better than the, than the episode is. I think the epi- it, it's just It relies on how much you love each episode of Sherlock, how much you'll enjoy the, the manga. I find, yeah. The- I find this more enjoyable than watching the TV show. Yeah. It's, it actually has dated quite a lot in the short amount of time since that first yeah, season's coming out. It's crazy, right? Um, but uh, Jay's art is, is splendid. Yep. 
anime version of Benedict Cumberbatch is way better than yeah. real life. Uh, what about the robot version of Benedict Cumberbatch? Uh, no, I can't. I simply won't have it. On a trapeze. <laughs> <laughs> uh, DC put out another number one this week um, as an- another thing celebrating uh, King Kirby's Jack Kirby's hundredth uh, birthday would be would be a hundredth birthday. Um, they're basically doing a, a bunch of one shots um, featuring a, a, quite a few of his uh, creations by um, creators doing new stories with his creations, and then there's backups by Kirby. Um, this one is the first of them, and it is the Newsboy Legion Boy Commandos special, written by Howard Shaken, with art by um, Will Quintana. Oh, I didn't realize this didn't have Chaken. Wait, art. no, sorry, my bad. Oh, cool. Story and art by Howard Chaken. Okay. Of course, it's Howard Chaken art. It's like the most Chaken art ever. I was like, I simply, I simply cannot deal with Chaken art anymore. I can't deal with Chaken anymore. Yeah. After that horrendous book that we got that came out a couple months ago, Divided States of Hysteria. Yep. <laughs> Just um, saying that out loud is so like, ludicrous. It's like, of course, this is going to be fucked. Oh my god! Yeah. What a silly old man. Um, but this was just like. Like uh, unreadable to me. I guess you know, if, if if I think this is only going to be fun to people who are already and still mm. fans of Howard Chaykin. Um, All three of you. In spite of everything, I'm still a Chaykin fan, and I th- <laughs> thus I enjoy this. But I, I, it features him uh, just butchering like an English accent. You know how cool. sometimes yeah, when, yeah, like yeah. you know when they really push it, like spelling out words mm. phonetically, it's just like, oh, stop. Mm. Um, but uh, I've, I've never read anything with the Boy Commandos in it, the Newsboy Legion band, Boy Commandos, but I mean, it's a lot of Kirby's creations were during World War II um, mm-hmm. and uh, these guys are kind of kids who, I guess, are what, they're newsboys who mm-hmm. also like helped during the war. Yeah, like, and they have like, like gadgets and stuff and they're always like solving mysteries the first fourth world comics spun out of the newsboy legion and right. Boy commandos and it was like in a jimmy olsen comic and it's the most bonkers thing that you've ever read it's so good um so yeah there's a, there's a um they're hilarious there's a, a bunch of um of, of backups like original kirby comics at the back um that I, i'm gonna read after the episode cool um which is actually like kind of reason enough to kind of keep your eye out for for these, because some of the Kirby stuff, as we've talked about in the in the past, some of the Kirby stuff is quite hard to find. Mm. So uh, it might be your only place to find some of the stuff we get printed in backup. Um, so yeah, those are our number one issues this week, unless you've got any more. Nope, that was it. Those are all the number ones. Uh, let us know what you thought of uh, all of the new uh, number ones that came out last week. Maybe you agree with me and say it was the best first things first ever. Like there are five, what I would say, great number ones. That's right, I said it. The five-letter word. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, so, uh, that's, a, that's a rarity. Yeah, there was some good ones. Like, I, I got to say, like, the hardest part, the hardest part of doing this podcast, which is, which is you know... In, it's in, pretty fun. In, yeah, it's pretty fun, <laughs> is the, the big stack of number ones. And so, yeah. having them be the things I was most excited to read is, it was a nice change of pace. Absolutely. Anyway, if you want to discuss that with us, you can find us on our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash group slash Serious Issues Podcast. Come and discuss comics with us. Yeah. And also don't um, accuse me of ramming my agenda <laughs> down your throat when I post something being pro-same-sex marriage. Also, that sounded like you said ramming my gender my down gen- the Oh, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> you can call me out if I ever do that. <laughs> I also got, um, I got banned from a Lego page today. <laughs> Why? Because I posted a picture of, um, I looked up like um, <laughs> Lego gay marriage and <laughs> posted a picture of two two minifigs dressed up as groomsmen 
or grooms. Yeah. Grooms? Is it the plural? Yeah. Your grooms? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, on, uh, and then I read, I wrote, don't forget to register to vote in the plego sit. <laughs> should have, you should have got banned for that. No, I, and then everyone was like, don't, uh, don't bring polit- politics oh, into this. Oh, shut up. If you Lego's said, always been political. It has. All right, guys. <laughs> anyway, um, let's let's play the one game in this world that could never be turned it political and that is roller dice <laughs> for image marvel and dc one to two is image three to four is marvel five to six is dc this is the ridiculous way we work out which of the publishers to review the regular issues of first so three did i say marvel was three <laughs> i don't know i Whatever. think you said dc, DC. Oh, then i just dropped the dice on the floor five i'm gonna do dc then marvel then image <laughs> um okay i gotta find all my dc books in this stack and then find the one that I'm the most excited to talk about first. Nice. Oh, boy. <laughs> this, you know what? Wow. It wasn't a great week. Um, I'm going to start with oh, the okay. first of our Patreon tr- contributor reviews, guest oh, reviews. cool. So, one of the uh, platforms, one of the, the kind of levels of Patreon support mm-hmm. you can give. Uh, and it basically makes you an official contributor to the podcast. Uh, and you could submit your reviews of... Uh, current books to uh, be read alongside ours. Cool. And so this one comes from a very generous Patreon supporter, Tom Burton, and he reviews Red Hood and the Outlaws, number 13, which is uh, written by Scott Lobdell with art by Dexter Soy. Um, And he says, I love this book so much. A big part of that is thanks to Dexter Dexter Soy's wonderful art. He creates this dark world in a style I totally love. However, the start of this book shows a world seen through the memories of Bizarro. It makes Bizarro way more likable to me that he sees the world in this cartoonish, childlike way. And his simple names for the Justice League were really cute. So this is the book that is the the trio of um, Red Hood, um, Artemis, and Bizarro. And yeah, this is uh, like kind of Bizarro almost at like his be- at his deathbed, um, kind of seeing fr- like how he sees the world from his eyes oh, and um, how what he calls um, and it's really cute. The artwork's really cute. Um, and he, he calls Aquaman wet wet. He calls Greenland nightlight. Flash is go go. Batman is Batman. <laughs> Wonder Woman is rope lady. <laughs> And Cyborg is Cy, but written like S-I-G-H, Borg. Nice. Um, well, that kind of is the perfect name for Cyborg as well. He's the saddest. Yeah, he really is. Um, along with great art, Lobdell writes all the characters in this book so well, like Lex Luthor saying, Nothing I do is out of the kindness of my heart. Overall, I never used to really care for Bizarro in any way. Shimon can relate to that. Um, but seeing all these characters love him in their own way, including Lex, has made me like the character so much more. Thanks for letting me contribute, guys. Oh, it's on a review. But no, you're welcome, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Thanks, uh, Tom. I would have to totally agree. Like, um, this book is like such an underrated book. I always say that whenever I review mm. it because I already know that many other people that are reading it. And like, it's truly the best thing that I've ever read by Scott Lobdell. Um. And uh, the one, yeah, so basically this is like after kind of sacrificing himself, Bizarro's on his deathbed and the one person in the world that can save this iteration of, uh, of, uh, of Bizarro is the man who created him and that's Lex Luthor in, this, huh. in, in the Rebirth universe. Oh. Uh, also in this universe, there's no Bizarro world with a Bizarro Lois Lane. No, I think, I think 52, New 52 killed that. Boo. <laughs> it's not Lobdell's fault. Yes, it is. Uh, and uh, yeah, it kind of... It's like one of those issues where, um, you know, everyone is reacting to this character potentially dying and kind of reflecting on what they are to him. Hmm. And uh, 
there's a sweet moment about Lex Luthor. Like I think the first Bizarro he created, he saw as like a son to him. Um, and then, uh, um, like Red Hood, this is this this felt a little bit unearned, but Red Hood was like he's the first friend I've ever had <laughs> since, since since coming back from from the death. But I feel like you know we've only had thirteen issues of this book, so it doesn't feel like that much time has passed. That's a very cool double page spread. Oh man, the art, like you know, Tom Tom said is like you know, mm. I totally agree. Dexter's always art's fantastic. Yeah, but nice. Okay, I, I, I'm going to sell you on this book with one panel. Uh, I'll describe it to everyone as I show Siobhan. So after being brought back. To that life, kind of sell me. Yeah, after being brought back to life by Lex Luthor, um, Bizarro is now smart. Bizarro, nice, and speaks completely fully formed sentences and, and he has looks. Spectacles. He has spectacles and a big quiff of black hair, just like Clark Kent. I'm into it. So apparently, next issue is not called Red Hood and the Outlaws. It's called Bizarro and the Outlaws. Because does he's, he still like say everything backwards, but like hyper intelligent? No, they've they've gotten rid of that uh, facet of Bizarro. I think that would be so hard to write. In the that would time. be so hard. Um, I think the only time I've really enjoyed it is in. Um, all-Star Superman? Yeah. When they go to Bizarro World? That's one of the only times Bizarro's worked. <laughs> um, he was really good in the um, in animated Superman series too. Cool. <laughs> um, speaking of Superman, did you read New Superman, issue number 14? Shanghai Under Siege, written by Gene Luan Yang with uh, art by Billy Tan. Um, I am so surprised this book still exists. Yeah, I know. Like, I'm glad it does, but it like, does seem like the sort of thing it's, that it's would have been yeah. cancelled. <laughs> like, Marvel would have cancelled it five times by yeah, now. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we would have had, like, we would have had like new Superman, then all new Superman, then all, all new, new, all, all different. different Superman, and then just cancelled. <laughs> um, and then we, you find out that new, new Superman died in, in an ensemble <laughs> book that was crossing over with a, a big Marvel event. But this book has um, a chubby... Asian version of Batman making out with a half-snake Asian version of Wonder Woman. While the what? new Superman looks on in disgust. If that isn't the best thing ever, yeah. I don't know what There's it is. so many great things about this book. Uh, and uh, the Suicide Squad have been sent to China to dispose of this new Superman too. Uh, and I think uh, Luen Yang wrote a really funny um, in, like iteration of, uh, of Harley Quinn and, and Deadshot and uh, Killer Croc. Like, mm. they, weren't, they weren't annoying at all. Totally. Um, so the next issue is ne- New Superman versus the Suicide Squad. Fun. Get on, fun. Get on board, everyone. I feel like this is a book that, like, even though all the like stuff is like pretty hard to follow if you haven't been reading it, like, I feel like I used to read heaps of comics like that, but the story was like fun enough to keep me going. Yeah. Just pick up the next issue. See if it works for you. I agree. It's a good book. I think you should always do that. Speaking of Suicide Squad, I read the latest issue of Suicide Squad, which is <laughs> somewhere. I think it fell off your, your counter. Oh, here it is. It's hiding. Here it is. Suicide Squad issue number 23, uh, in which um, the Suicide Squad team go to basically take down Killer Frost, who, as we now know, is now part of one of the Justice League teams. So why are they trying to take her down? I can't remember. I was like, it was one of those issues where I was like, did I miss something? Yeah. Um, Anyway, they do. Cool. Uh, And and Katana is revealed to be the only member of Suicide Squad without the brain bomb. She's just she's just on the oh. team, and uh, not only <laughs> is she have friends, yeah, yeah, and she also um, s- like slashes Batman and leaves him for dead, oh. like plummeting down into an icy river. Oh, but uh, then in this he- universe, did she used to be on the Outsiders team? Like, does she and Batman have history? I don't think so. Huh. Um, but the this issue ends with uh, Batman pulling himself out of a hole in the ice and going Walla. That's pretty great. So next, he's Batman's coming, guys. It's Batman versus Suicide Squad in Suicide Squad, and Suicide Squad versus New Superman and New Super Superman. They're just everywhere. 
Yeah. And yet no one's committed suicide. I want to keep with this, with the shitty uh, Siegs. Speaking of Batman, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Detective Comics, issue number 962, written by James Tinney in the fourth with art by Alvaro Martinez. Uh, fi- the finale of this um, big kind of, uh, what's his name? Azrael. Azrael story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and also the kind of finale of the, um, what's the magic girl's name again? Zatanna. Zatanna. <laughs> magic girl. <laughs> Um, you call it fishnets, Nate. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, what did you think of the finale of this of this book? I liked it. I thought they wrapped it up really well. This is yeah. the first time that I've kind of enjoyed Azrael really as a character. He was pretty like irritating back in the. Um... This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, and what's Days. what's surprising about that is that they're like, like they're referencing every single facet of mm. of him. So, like, if anything, this should be the most annoying mm. Azrael story. But and he has a little bun sometimes, so he should be like the most annoying. But man bun. It's pretty nice. Um, but the coolest, good on him. coolest thing about this issue is that um, it's revealed to Batman that Tim Drake is still alive. Yeah. Doesn't he feel like a dick? So what's going to happen next? Go, um, oh, and also the coolest thing that is revealed is um, that um, John P- Pierre Valley, is that his name is? John Paul Valley, mm-hmm. um, a.k.a. Azrael's dad, um, who kind of set up all of the events of the last few issues, um, he's been accepted um at the table of Rachel Ghoul, who is mm. putting together a, a big kind of league of people to, I don't know, fuck up Gotham. Probably. Uh, and uh, there's a benefactor. So we're going to meet that benefactor. Who do you reckon it's going to be? Do you think it could be like tying into the whole Mr. Oz stuff? Or the metal stuff? Could be. I, I, I want it to be Vandal Savage. Ooh, I like Vandal Savage. I haven't seen him in a comic in a long while. Totally. And if they brought back Vandal, they could bring back Scandal. Yes, bring back Scandal Savage. 
Um, I don't have any uh, seeks to do into another book. Oh, wait. I guess Bat... bat ma- Speaking yes. of Bat... Speaking bat of girl. Bat... <laughs> birds and the Birds of Prey, that is. I read Bat Girl and the Birds of Prey, which um, I wish Zatanna was in this book, but she's not. And I clearly missed an issue because <laughs> I don't really understand what was going on in this. But, but this is the first time this has happened so far since you came back to the show. Very so impressive, I, I think, for more. me. Um, but this has Poison Ivy and Catwoman in it. Not a very well-written version of Catwoman, I don't think. Kind of is... This was an okay issue. <laughs> I'm, that's it. That's my review. Has she got, totally has she, is she wearing the engagement ring in this issue? Oh, she makes a reference to being engaged. Really? Like, um, oh, hang on, I want to find it because it was funny. They're like, what are you going to... What are you going to... They're getting burgers afterwards after their successful heist or whatever. And they're like, what's next for you, Selena? She goes, I've got something on the horizon keeping me engaged. <laughs> uh, in my head, um, the way continuity works is that Catwoman is in bed for the entirety of this <laughs> war on jokes of riddles retelling, which yeah. is going to be three months. Yeah, nice. so they're just not leaving bed. Look, for, for whatever reason, in they're my head, engaged. No, in, in my head, Batman gets a pass to do all of his adventures. Yeah, but Catwoman's you're in that no, bed. She's in bed. You're in bed. Sorry. And look at this hilarious like final page where they're all just jumping. <laughs> That's what superheroes do. Yeah, I know. They jump in photos together where all of them are at a height that you can see them from the torso up. And they're not really doing, like, they're not really going anywhere. They're just jumping. They're doing the Toyota Oh, What a Feeling commercial. That's great. Um, Speaking of commercials, (laughs) there were a lot of commercials. Oh, I haven't had a chance to complain about that Snickers ad. Oh, yeah, the Snickers ad. DC DC look at the moment. Do you reckon it's worse than the other Snickers ad that we got last year? This one, this one, anno- like the thing that always gets me is the first time I read it, it gets me, and I'm like, oh, this comic's gone in a really weird direction. <laughs> it's very Snickers based. Um, what I would like is proper product placement within comics, just for one <laughs> month. Like they, they just have to work in that all the characters are eating a Snickers. Yeah, I, look, I would, I think I would prefer that at this point. And like DC would just upfront about it, like, look, guys, it was a lot of money. <laughs> There's going to be Snickers bars in all of the stories. Everyone's, in DC. Yeah. everyone's wearing Jordans now. <laughs> it's canon. Dark Knights, Peanuts. <laughs> Caramel, I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, numbers 26. Um, another Kirby um, mm. celebrating issue. Um, Everyone loves Orion at the moment, huh? Yeah, um, I don't like this shitty costume he's in. No. It's bad. But at least he still has the dumb bike. It should have yeah, a little scooter. He's a little space scooter. scooter. Um, so, yeah, Hal Jordan and Kyle Rayner um, blast off to find um, Orion as he boom tubes in um, and then gets hit by what are Darkseid's lasers called? Omega beams. Omega beams. You know what's a pretty fun thing about Hal Jordan is because he has no personality, people <laughs> occasionally just make him a dick. <laughs> and this is he was such a dick to Kyle. It's like, isn't he your friend, you asshole? Anyway. Is he a dick or an asshole? Make up your mind. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Orion, Orion, and Green Lantern have to team up to take down a new, uh, a, an apocalypse god. But it looks like maybe, yeah, different gods. I don't know. I don't know what this is about. Yeah, status of new new god designated Orion alive. So I guess, I guess it's going to be like someone like a, like a like a new god assassin. Mm. He's a god that kills other gods or something. I don't know. But he kind of just looks like Darkseid with like a Ultron head. Yeah. Yep. Sounds good, about right. Good creation, everybody. <laughs> um, Action Comics this week, number 985, um, I think is a... I, I don't know. I, I don't know what they're doing with Superman at DC at the moment mm. because the Superman books are getting fill-in writers. There's another fill-in writer really? um, issue written by someone whose last name is Champagne coming nice. out this week. 
Um, and uh, Sounds we got, luxurious. We got another fill-in issue a couple of issues ago of Superman, and now Action Comics, which has been written by Dan Jurgens up until now, and he's been doing a great job. Um, this issue was suddenly written by Rob Williams, who, yeah. who did uh, Suicide Squad this week as well, um, with art by Gillum March, who I never really liked oh the God. art of that much. Yeah. Like, look at look at this weird neck that he drew on Superman. <laughs> he has some weird anatomy, and all of his um, women always look really draggy, which I don't have a problem with. I like drag, but, you know, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is a kind of dull story with um, Machinist. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I was really, really loving the direction that Action Comics was taken, mm. taking where they had, like, the entire Superman family. So, like, you, know, you never really see Superman have that family in the same way that Batman mm. does. And so the last, you know, it, had, it was like Steel and Superwoman and Supergirl and um, John Kent. And That's fun. Like, yeah, it was like, it was really, it was really cool. And I, now this is just something completely different and mm. I don't like it. I hate change. Exactly. Change is disgusting. Justice League and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, number five of six, the DC and Boom crossover that you I didn't know you wanted. Read five issues. It's actually pretty is great. Is it good? Yeah, yeah. Of all the of That's all nice. the Power Rangers books that for some reason I read, <laughs> <laughs> this is the most fun. Uh, probably because, um, well, I missed an issue, <laughs> but in that issue something happened, and now it's got Hawker. Well, yeah, no, no, it doesn't. That, oh. That's Pink Ranger, who for some reason couldn't use her costume, so she put on Hawk Girl's costume, and she has Hawk Girl's. I guess there's a bow and arrow at some for some reason. I don't know. Whatever. What, and also, what continuity is this? And also, saying? Red Red Ranger is wearing the Red Hood costume. That's good. I don't know if that was fun. That is fun. But is it, like Hawk Girl doesn't exist in current continuity. Ooh, Brainiac. Brainiac's the main villain. Oh, this is That's not good. in current 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 continuity. That's the, probably better. The main Green Lantern is um, it's like more in line with the animated series. John Stewart. John Stewart. Yeah. Uh, and but this ends with um Alpha the I I I I I robot from Power Rangers. Oh, okay. Becoming a hero. Oh. Real fun. That's fun. I don't know. This I don't is, know like, it, It's super stupid. I love it though. Um, one thing that finished this week was Gotham Academy. Gotham Academy's done. For Evs. For Evs. I mean, I hope that they bring it back. Cause this they... is the kind of book that would totally lend itself to being like a graphic novel. Yeah, they should probably just put it out every six months in graphic novel format. Or Prestige Boys. Sort of to schools. Yeah. Um, this was cute. Good ending. Good job. Good wrapping up. I liked it. Who died? Uh, no one. No one died. Pass. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see children die. <laughs> um, yeah, it was pretty good fun. I also read um, issue 28 of The Flash, which is like, it's pretty dumb. Yeah, I read I, this too. I, think I'm, I, I, I just admitted it because I, I just, I, don't have, I, I feel like I don't have anything nice to say about this book anymore. Yeah, it sort of reminds me, like, sort of reminds me of when Superman was like had electric powers and it was just like superman's powers are different now for reasons and now it's now he has to figure it out yeah so it's fine. flash is negative flash yeah so like he just creates like just explosions no, no, anytime just, i would love it if negative flash he's just really <laughs> slow now <laughs> he's the slowest man alive or he's just really sarcastic about everything and like really negative, down on no, everyone <laughs> that actually happened to spider-man for a while yeah oh no it wasn't spider-man it happened to may parker oh what yeah yeah aunt may like Mr. Negative gave her like negative powers and she was just really <laughs> negative towards Peter Parker. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was actually pretty fun. I really want He was read like that. he was she was just like fuck you Peter like all the time. It was great. <laughs> oh man. That sounds really good cuz that's what I would totally be like if I was on me. If you had neg- ne- you are negative Shimbone. <laughs> <laughs> man. Negative Shimbone. <laughs> Those are our DC reviews. Did we say we do Marvel next? Yeah. Probably. Um, so let's talk about Secret Empire, issue number eight. 
written by Nick Spencer, with art by Daniel Acuna, which oh, was great. That was lovely. That was so good. Um, that was a treat. And you've also got Rob, Rod Reyes doing the confusing dream sequence art. Mm. And then there was also filling out art, artwork by Sean Izaxi, which I don't know, it was like maybe he just got brought in to do like a few bonus pages, but they were the pages that were not so good, unfortunately. Mm. Like this bizarre picture of uh, Captain Marvel in the middle there of her crying. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> Real weird. Um, anyway, um, this is the uh, the issue where things uh, turn around for the heroes, and they. Uh, I really thought they were going to lose this time. Yeah, you know what we should actually do is review Captain America number twenty five before we review Secret Empire, because did you notice there was a big thing saying warning: do not read Secret Empire. Issue number eight until you've read Captain America number 25. Yeah. But it didn't say that until like 12 pages into the issue. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Real good, Marvel. Useful. Um, yeah, and in the beginning of Captain America, it says like, read this before you read. Which isn't really helpful. Yeah. Like saying read this before you read something isn't helpful if you, yeah. read, if you pick it up second. Absolutely. Anyway. Um, but this is interesting because now both Captain America books have... It's, is it just going to be one title from now on? Because we've been living in a world with Captain America, Sam Wilson, and Captain America, I th- Steve Rogers. I think I might be wrong, and I'm sure one of our listeners will correct me, um, and I look forward to that. Um, I think this might be the last of this, the final issue of Captain America. Uh, forever. So we're just gonna go, we've got Secret Empire until the end, and then um, what's it called? Um, what's the next big Marvel event thing? I don't know. Well, Generations. Genera- legacy. Legacy. Something. So Legacy, yep. they're going to go back to the original numbering of Captain America, I think. Oh. So this is almost like a clean cool. finish for that. Yeah, whatever. Um, but So this is mainly centers around Sam Wilson taking back the mantle of Captain America, mm-hmm. um, bringing the shield back, um, but also um, the most ridiculous way to save the day ever. They go to um, rescue the... Um, the Inhumans that have been captured. Mm-hmm. This actually ties in with the uh, the issue of Secret Warriors that we'll mm-hmm. talk about later as well. Um, and uh, in doing that, they find that there is an Inhuman whose power is uh, that he can... His name is Barf, and he can throw up any item that he wants to throw up. That's good. Did you read this far? <laughs> yeah, I did. Right. That's a good power. So they show him a picture of a cosmic cube fragment why don't you just show him a picture of a cosmic cube? Yeah. First of all, get the whole fucking thing. But they show him the fragment and then he vomits up a cosmic cube fragment and that's what has pulled, like, turned things around for the heroes in Secret Empire. And like, I don't know if I think that's great because it's so stupid <laughs> or if it's just stupid. Yeah, I kind of enjoyed it when I was reading it, but hearing you say it out loud, I was like, fuck this. <laughs> this makes me mad. Also, Nick Spencer loves a good, like, impassioned speech being the thing that ties together the whole issue. Yeah, yeah I know. I hate that shit. But yeah. I'm, 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 I would prefer, I would like much more vomiting and less speeches. <laughs> um, yeah. I also loved um, Tony Stark being really happy on his birthday. I don't understand why it's important cake. that it's his birthday. Yeah. He's but a he- robot. He doesn't even get a birthday. <laughs> um, and he has a cake and no, no one wants to eat his cake. <laughs> Um, Weird robot cake. Yeah, but uh, but the, the the big reveal at the end of issue twenty five, Captain America, is that Namor has been playing the uh, the long con this whole time, mm-hmm. and he has been hiding Bucky. Yeah, who we presumed dead at, after the last issue of Thunderbolts. Um, he's got Bucky, and they're going to turn the tide. That's a that's a Namor pun joke that's good um that'll get banned from the lego group for <laughs> um i think my fit fa- like this was my favorite bit of the issue because 
I feel like it must be like the rules in Atlantis that everyone has to become much, much sexier. So there's like the reveal of Bucky. He takes off a cape and he's like sexy and shirtless for no reason. Nate, Nate just hears you yell, whoa! <laughs> Shatterstar wakes up. <laughs> That's his first word. <laughs> his first um, word is Imperius Rex. So yeah, the main reason you should have read that before Secret Empire, I guess, is to learn why it's they to see have... Bucky's abs. Yeah, that's right. Also, to, like, cause Bucky just suddenly shows up in Secret Empire mm. 8. And you're like, what the fuck? What's going on? Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, so Secret Empire number 8, because of this cube fragment, they all carry it around and like you wish things while you're holding it and it makes them happen, which is dumb, but who cares? I hate how often like wishing is like the thing that... Can you please tell Turns me one other example of wishing winning? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't think of any. It was, it, was, it was like, I mean, Disney movies? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I feel like in comics all the time, it's all like mm, the, the spirit of people or something. It's Tally Beat Onslaught. Tally Beat Onslaught. Okay, right. Secret, the scrolls and secret oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, we're, we're, sort of jump and hope. Oh, yeah. yeah when, when Norman Osborn wished a, a bullet into the, the, the scroll queen's head. Is that a thing that no, happened? No, he, he used a gun. Oh, I have a red secret <laughs> What is it? Secret invasion. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, so the dark hold um, over the big blackout over um, over New York, over Manhattan, has been uh, they, they got rid of it by straight up shooting blackout. That's who. Mm. That's who hi- the agent Bob was. Mm. Um, Marie Hill just shoots, shoots him in, him the, in head. the head. I feel like there was a different way she could have done that, but yeah. Hey, who am I? stop who using am I? your powers for one moment. Yeah. Um, also, the um, big shield that's over um, around the Earth is finally removed, and Quasar is um, in in fighting form again. And uh, now it's finally time for our heroes to bring Daruckus. Just a straight up punch Captain America in his Nazi face. Um, man, I really, really love Daniel Kuna's art. Yeah, it's so good. I, I wish um, he could just do the whole series. Or yeah. Or or Andrea Sorrentino, or, or just yeah. or one artist, just like anyone, whatever. Just stick even, to one. Person. Even even the guy who did fillings on this that I that I didn't like very much. Yeah. Just put him on it. Just it's the same thing. It's yeah. All I want, guys. Um, so yeah, like, I, this is in the in the big scheme of events, CB artists put up a big thing, like r- ranking Marvel's last decade of events in order of importance. Oh. But then they put a very unimportant what event that, that, they, that they just liked a lot as number one. So I don't know whatever. But what um, was it? What was number one? They put Annihilation Conquest, like one of the yeah, like, which is great, but not yeah, really. But like, like, also is not is not it's important. It's not the best event that Marvel have put out. Um, and uh, <laughs> Nate just like mumbled a very very Nate rap joke to me <laughs> that I think he last mumbled to me drunk seven years ago. <laughs> um, but like, I think like Annihilation Conquest is like a. Is 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 a, it's a it's a great like four four issues or whatever, but mm. like it's not important mm. in in bigger bigger Marvel like schematics or whatever. Like mm. and, they, and they said as much in that recent Nova series where Nova returns mm. after the events of all the Annihilation stuff, and no one fucking knows, no one yeah, cares, no one remembers, no one cares. Anyway, Secret Warriors number five, uh, written by Matt Rosenberg with art by Javier Garon. Um, this is uh, the finale of. Uh, the tie-in to Secret Empire, which is cool because it means that this this book is going to continue on mm. even without Secret Empire. And I look forward to this team of uh, of Inhumans, um, Ms. Marvel, uh, Moon Girl, Quake, Devil Dinosaur, Inferno, Karnak, and Leah. Um, and Leah is revealed to be Karnak's son in this book. And Karnak continues to be 
a massive jerk. But I loved that. Yeah, it was good. I would hate for him to be like, I love you, my son. Like, <laughs> yeah, that would he just, suck. He just, want, he just wants to send Lear off to live with bad dudes and, and learn the, the full length of his powers, mm. which is fun. Yeah. No, like I've really enjoyed this as a tie-in. I, I think Rosenberg writes a good quake and I'm keen to see what this team does next. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, it definitely wrapped everything up. So comics that do that are never as good as the... Uh, the the four issues of setup that came before them, but it was a, a nice a ni- the the fight of the actual finale in which uh, we see uh, Karnak give his kid over to um, uh, Mr. Sinister, Mr. Sinister, which That's is a, bad parenting, yeah, but also good comicking because yeah. I love Mr. Sinister, <laughs> he, I love he's such a got such a great character design, mm. and um, seeing him be a prominent part of this book now is exciting to me. Mm. Good stuff. Do you did you give up the Defenders by Brian Michael Bendis? Oh yeah, I did. Um, I love this book. Yeah, Brian Bendis uh, and David Marquez doing Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and Iron Fist uh, in a way that's so good that I am going to be even more disappointed when the television show starts next week. Um, I know you won't even watch. That's not a, that's, I just not a, won't. that's not a concern for you at all. Absolutely. Do you even have Netflix? I, I do, but I only watch. Why? <laughs> Because I wanted to watch David Attenborough documentaries. <laughs> you just watch those in basketball, right? Yeah, and RuPaul's Drag Race. It's like the only TV show that I watch. That's on Stan. It is on Stan. So it's got... the only reason I have Stan. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, this is this just kind of like sets up why Diamondback is so powerful now. Um, oh, okay. And, is it because uh, he eats diamonds or something? Uh, maybe like, is it like powerful in the underworld? Like oh, right, okay. <laughs> selling drugs. Cool. Um, and just features some great... Great action sequences of um, like uh, Jess Jones and Iron Fist taking on Diamondback, and um, at the end of the issue, we see Elektra and Punisher entering the fray. So it's cool, like they're still playing with characters that aren't necessarily part of the Defenders team, but have been introduced through the Netflix series. Mm. And you can read this as a companion piece to many Marvel comics, or you can read this as as, as just having been introduced to these characters. Through the through the Netflix series and it just being a clean kind of like your first introduction to these characters in the comics and like really really pretty art. Uh, Marcus's art is incredible. Like uh, I'm just going to show you on this one page of Iron Fist beating the shit out of Diamondback. It's great. Look at this. Mm. That is stuff. great. That Real is good great. stuff. That's oh, nice. That one. Real good fun. Mm, lovely. Yeah. How about Edge of Venomverse, Siobhan? You reading that? Uh, look, I picked up that issue and then I just couldn't get through it. You're not an old man Logan fan. I just yeah, I don't care. Um, yeah, this sucked. <laughs> and it was uh, one of two issues I read this week that brought back um, the Mark Miller, um, Old Man Logan stuff to Old Man Logan. Uh, so you have the Age of Venomverse stuff. Uh, it, the, we've had like two excellent issues. You read the Ghost Rider one that Cy Spurrier wrote? Yeah, it was good. That was great. And then the first issue with X-23 was really good. But yeah, this was a whatever. Yeah. Just fine. Um, Old Man Logan issue number 27 was a bit better this than, than that. Uh, written by Ed Brisson and art by Mike Diodato. I think I'm just enjoying a bit of Mike Diodato art mm. on this right now. He's not always my favorite. Or like, sorry, he's not always someone I enjoy, but I, th- I think he works on this book quite a lot. Mm. Um, and I like it when he does. He does some pretty cool, like, you know, dividing of panels up. Um, line work stuff that's, that's enjoyable. That's a weird head though. I think he's like chopped it into different mm. different parts. Anyway, um, this is Maestro versus Old Man Logan and he's brought back Hulk's children to this earth to take him down. And uh, basically he wants to destroy the earth and just so only Hulks can live on it. And it's up to Logan to stop that from happening. 
Um, why? It feels like a massive. Yeah, I don't know. What, don't, why not just call the Avengers? I don't know. Old Man Logan's old. He doesn't have a phone. Oh, wait. There is an Avenger. At the end, Clint shows up. Uh, Hawkeye's there, there, everyone. Why isn't he old? He'll be fine. No, I because don't it's, no, because this, this is in. Because Old Man Logan is in regular Marvel Universe now. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe again is a, uh, another issue that I think had Old Man Logan in it, meaning his grisly death. Um, written by Cullen Bunn, up by Dalibor Talajic. And uh, I just got to say, this is actually really fun. Mm. Like, it's it's stupid. You know that any book in which, like, you know, Marvel characters it's just keep dying over and over and over again. Um, but the ways that he uh, kills them by referencing other comics and other styles of comics and, um, like, you know, that, that, that fourth wall breaking stuff that Deadpool does uh, is, is really fun. And... Um, it is fun seeing him take down so many different facets of the Marvel universe. Like he does, like he's kind of like not really ignored anything. Mm. Um, it's been, it's, it's cool. And it's, it's cool seeing so many newer heroes show up instead of just all the classic ones that we have seen get killed by Deadpool a hundred times in these dumb series. Fun. <laughs> uh, this ends with him being merged with Ultron. Oh, cool. So I guess. look out Marvel universe. You're going to die even more. You pick the next one, Siobhan. Uh, so we're Hulk. Hulk, issue number nine by Mariko Tamaki with art by Julian Lopez and Francesco Gaston. Um, merging the worlds of, um, of depression and YouTube cooking shows. Finally. Um, Two things that often go hand in hand. Yeah, because um, that is how uh, Jen Walters is uh, dealing with her depression. Um, I am kind of over this book. Yeah. I mean, I quite enjoyed this issue. I thought this had a good um, sort of interaction between her and Patsy. I like their friendship in this book more than yeah, in most other but, books. Yeah, I mean, but I know I, I love the, their friendship is so great. And the front cover is the two of them doing peace signs. Mm. And I was like, hell yeah, it's a whole issue about Hellcat and, and She-Hulk. She's on one page. It's a, She calls Hellcat. <laughs> it's a phone call that happens on one page. Um, but I also like, I like sort of... This Jen. cover lied to me. <laughs> I like... Covers never do that. They weren't even in the same room together. Um, I like that this is sort of Jen. Well, why would you call someone to... if you're in the same room? Sorry, continue. <laughs> Jen having to kind of coach someone else who's going through a sort of Hulk transition. That's kind of an interesting idea. A little yeah. bit. And at yeah. least she hulks out in this. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree, but I just wish it wasn't because of a cooking show on YouTube. That's just, a good point. I just find it so dumb. It is a weird, like, intrusion of our terrible reality into my funny books which I will not stand for anyway hopefully it'll be good again soon I'm still sticking with it yeah Um, I was going to talk about Amazing Spider-Man and then I realised I did my classic classic shinbone move and uh, didn't finish it so Eminem's good Eminem's great everyone that's the end end of that All New Wolverine by Tom Taylor and Leonard Kirk Um, this is another one that I was just like halfway through and I'm like I don't want to read this yeah same I started this and then I went oh still this stupid Wolverine in space brew storyline I'm just going to leave it until this arcs over and then check back in well Gabby is a brood queen now yeah it's not what I wanted to see happen in this book no but whatever I mean this is the kind of book that I'll just wait for this arc to be finished and then Mm. check back in Um, Jean Grey Mm mm-hmm Dennis Hopeless and um, art by Anthony Piper. Um, this shows Jean Grey basically preparing uh, for the Phoenix to come and get her. Um, so she's talking to other mutants and uh, people that have experienced the Phoenix and have experienced battles to train her and get her ready for this. Uh, and this issue is her w- training with Psylocke uh, in the Find art. Some ninjas. Well, in the art of uh, c- 
conjuring up um, kinetic, well, telekinetic weapons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's fun. Yeah, this was a fun issue. Um, I like this. Yeah, uh, she has a, Psylocke has a little BAMP, one of those mini mm-hmm. um, night crawlers that can teleport them wherever they need to go. And his name is Pickles because he eats pickles, but he has to eat enough pickles so he can keep teleporting, which was funny. It's and cute. Just kind of fun and like odd kind of thing that Dennis Hopeless is very good at. Also, these putting covers in his books. are very good. They're excellent. They're like so, David so Yarn, great. Yeah, I don't I know think? if he is, if he's on all of them, but yeah. this one, they've, all been, nice. they've all been really great. I like it a lot. A lot, a lot of these new X Men books. Or I mean, actually, no, just this and Iceman. I love the Iceman covers. Mm. It's just a shame that that Iceman book sucks. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Speaking of great covers, though, this might oh, be my favorite cover woof. of the week. It reminds me of like, like Babysitters Club. Well, yeah, it's a like a, a like pulpy, like a pulpy romance yeah, novel. Yeah, I loved yeah. it. Um, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Issue number 23 by Ryan North, Erica Henderson, and Rico Renzi. Um, is... Erica Henderson just continues to like. She's so, and she did it. the cover too. She's so good. Um, so this is uh, um, Squirrel Girl and her housemate Nancy, housemate slash best friend, and uh, of course this talking squirrel Tippy Toe um, are all in the Savage Land, which is the uh, part of the Marvel Universe in which dinosaurs still roam the Earth. Um, and uh, this is an entire issue set in the Savage Land without one dinosaur in it. <laughs> um, this is them basically uh, getting to the Savage Land and learning that they're like they've 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 they've, they've won a they've won a contest to go to Savage Land, a computer programming contest. Um, and uh, it, it turns out they've been lured there to help solve a mystery of who keeps stealing, um, all of the Savage Land's computer equipment, and uh, so all of the greatest scientific programming minds are working together on a solution. Um, and there's a there's a team from New York, so it's Nancy and and Squirrel Girl, and then there's a team from Latveria, and their problem. Like solution that all problems is just to create a doom bot, <laughs> and it was great. This was like this. This issue made me really genuinely laugh out loud, just for all of the silly like doom stuff that Ryan North had thought of. Man, yeah, it's so funny. And another issue that ends with a uh, r- big Ultron reveal too, which mm. was really, really fun. And of course, you got to shout out the backup, uh, Craven's Adventures in the Savage Land, which is just great too. A little one-page backup of Craven. Uh, taking on a poacher. Super fun. Really, really great. Um, just, I mean, I just fucking love this series so yeah. much. Nancy's romance with um, a Latvian um, computer programmer is extremely funny. Educating him on why maybe Doom isn't isn't the all-powerful ultimate leader. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. There was just, there's just some really funny stuff. In panels this. of them looking, like of the two of them looking at each other and saying, you know, he's, he's cute, but... He he kind of talks about doom way too much, and then he's saying, thinking she's cute, but she doesn't like talk about doom enough, you know, whatever. It's funny. I I, I botched it. It was way funny when he. But like, he just like so many silly things. Like instead of saying that things are cool, all of the Latvians say that things are doom esque. That's right. Like, it's just like so silly, but it's really funny. <laughs> you know, like you, and he says, "What you're too doom esque to say doom esque now?" <laughs> that was great. <laughs> um, those are our Marvel reviews. Now we got an image. Um, and we're going to kick things off with Kill or Be Killed, issue number 11 by Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips, Elizabeth Breitweiser. Ugh. This is the comic that I look forward to most, how, I think, how overall. Do you, how, do, how, are we, like, how can we read any other comics after reading this? Yeah, it's really hard. You've got to save it to the end so that everything else doesn't feel like terrible. I never comparison. do that. It's always like the I know. first one I want to read. I can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so good. Um, and uh, I just think, like, you know, I, I was thinking about this today, and um, it's so, like, you know, Brubaker and, and Phillips, whenever they write, write together, they always write about 
a man who you know is is like pretty pretty unim- unimportant pretty like he's not very special so i'm trying to say yeah getting average dude try, entering a fucked situa- situation and mm-hmm. just going way over things go way over his head mm. really really quickly and that's exactly what's happened here but you know in in fade out you had that and and in criminal and all these lot of a lot of um what was the other one fatal as well mm-hmm. a lot of them you know, he writes characters that um either are of a different time era or feel as though they're from a different time era so the the narration from them is it doesn't feel as like neurotic as young people in 2017 mm. are and that's what we're getting in his protagonist of this book now like we we have this he he feels like a like a real mm. a real young person living now that's doing all this horrible shit and narrating absolutely every facet of his life to us yeah and it's just like i've never read anything like that before that wasn't annoying it's just like this is like it's just it's so compelling he's not a good person no he's just a person and, and you, you're still kind of rooting for him mm. and like yeah it's just yeah this is a insanely good book and, and I, just, ho- I hope i explained what, what what i like about that so much. like it's it's it is kind of hard to put your finger on because it, it like it is just like reading inside this guy's mind and it's so like you just get that gut sinking feeling every issue is you're like oh no like you're really you've really fucked up now <laughs> and like things keep getting worse and you want him to succeed even though you realize like you're realizing more and more that he's the bad guy in this and every time you sort of he goes one step further you're like ah oh, you're the bad guy you're really the bad guy in this and then there's this 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 demon that mm-hmm. may or may not exist oh um, man like when you you kind of you don't want him to exist some some issues you do want him to exist mm. other issues then you, yeah it's I, I i like that uncertainty yeah um, and um, like as always, this has some of my favorite back matter. In oh yeah, any comics like the the letters page, you get such an interesting insight into Brubaker's um, like how he writes, how he works, all that sort of stuff. What he and watches, he did, what he reads. Yeah, he always like you know I I always I took a little list of all the movies that he's referenced here because um, like I've been watching a lot of film noir lately, um, and I'm really keen RuPaul's to check Drag Race is not of- film noir. <laughs> Look, some, Although some I would episode. love a, a noir version of some <laughs> Drag Race. Um, but like, like I just really recently watched Double Indemnity for the first time. And that was sick. So now I'm going to check out everything else that he's referenced here because it's so good. Yeah. Everything's so interesting. And um, Sean Phillips, Elizabeth Brightweiser. There, it's a hell of a team. This is just there, there were some panels in here. Like My favorite art in this book is when he's just talking to his doctor. Mm. So like, you know, yeah. Yeah, like... Um, Fuck, we haven't even talked about the opening sequence of this. Of this we will in a minute. But, like, you know, all of the action panels, yeah, they're great. But, like, the colors and lighting in the Doctor's panel, like, panel, you know, mm. you can tell there's, like, fluorescent bulbs kind of mm-hmm. flat shining down in that sterile environment. But it still looks so beautiful. Mm. Yeah. I, I, it's I, so I, amazing. The art's phenomenal in this. Um, but the, the coolest thing about this issue is that we revisit the first pages from the first issue. Which I'd totally forgotten about. Uh huh. Right. Like, and that made such an impact in the first issue, and that was yeah. like, that was always that was like they were the preview pages, mm-hmm. which is basically like you know, uh, the the protagonist, I guess, at the peak of his vigilantism, mm. um, just like taking out people with a shot, like all these different people with a shotgun, and um, it was it was insane to revisit this part of his life and 
go, oh yeah, that's what, how this book started. Yeah. And and just having no idea how we're going to get to that point. And even from like where how we are now. sorry, even how they kind of play around with like us. You like, I'm sure you were wondering if that was still where we were going to end up. But like, that's not the kind of story that like the the sort of storytelling is so clever and um yeah fuck I love this book yeah guys you should be reading it if you're not I don't know what you're doing who isn't reading this don't know what you're doing with your time um I read uh the thirtieth issue of Manifest Destiny which is a Skybound image book that uh, is written by Chris Dingus um and uh Matthew Roberts Tony Akins and Owen Gianni and it is about Lewis and Clark. Nice. I always say Burke and Wills because I'm a <laughs> real dummy. Um, but uh, yeah, the, them kind of making their way from one wave, um, one side of America to the other. Um, their mission is to escort a uh, uh, pregnant Native American woman. Sacagawea? Yep, that's right. Um, and so there is, this is like grounded in like American history, but occasionally. Um, also, I love that you yawned perfectly as you, in the, when, as you hit the middle point of her name. Yeah, sorry. <clears throat> but they've been encountering this this mist, like basically they, they're, they're beset on, but they they come across all kinds of horrific monsters and otherworldly things in this book. So you know, it's pretty strays pretty far from the way things actually happened mm. uh, pretty regularly. But the as current- far as we know. <laughs> um, but they're currently uh, yeah in the middle of this fog that makes them uh, see their worst nightmares. Oh, no. um, and that is exactly how. Um, do you want to? If you got another yawn coming, do you want to say her name again? <laughs> uh, Sacagawea. Yeah, that, that, so, so she has to give birth to her baby uh, in the midst of uh, this feverous oh, God. nightmare where she's seeing basically demons trying to deliver her baby. Oh, that sounds awful. It's a pretty wonderful and terrifying issue. Oh, one God. that I should have should have given you about three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you, so we both, even though we said we met, we were thinking about not reading further, we both read issue number two of Sacred Creatures. Yeah. Um, this this is, is such a weird book. I, I kind of like it, man. Yeah, totally. Like, I, it's so silly. It feels really, really silly. It almost feels like conceptually something that should have existed at a Vertigo like 20 years ago, but then in execution is something totally... Like, it feels like a... Um, like, what am I trying to say? Like an action movie version of a vertigo concept. Yeah, 100%. So it's uh, written by Pablo Raimondi and Klaus Janssen. Um, arts by Pablo Raimondi. Um, and uh, man, it, so it's like basically it's revealed that all of these like spooky figures that have this fucked up this family. one guy's life. Yeah, it's evil family. Each of them is a different one of the seven deadly sins. Like hilarious. But I was like, oh, what happened? <laughs> it's like, like, like I, I had no idea that that was what it was going to be in the first issue. And it's cruelly crazy to me that they didn't re- like reveal that at the yeah. end of the first issue. Um, I sort of thought that they were going to go for like a more weird, like deep cut religious thing. So it was kind of almost like, oh, that's oh, yeah, like I love way that simpler didn't. than I thought. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel go. like we've seen every kind of like weird yeah. religious story or, or mythological story kind of retold in comics. Like having this outright, like I'm, obviously we've seen this too, I'm, I assume. But like I, I, just, I was just not expecting this like kind of like almost like mafia family to represent yeah. um, the seven deadly sins. Um, and uh, yeah, so like our, our, the, the, our kind of protagonist has killed an angel um and uh, the only person in this world who can now protect him is that angel's son. Who's a priest. Yeah. It's fucking bonkers. Yeah, it- real bonkers. And there's like giant 
giant cats and like madness going on and yes yeah, it's, it's very silly but i'm i'm on board yeah i i, I quite enjoy this book mm. I, I didn't like moments of that first first issue but there were none of those moments in this one so mm. hopefully it's it's all all fun and action from this point out onward. Absolutely. it totally doesn't feel like an image book you're right yeah also kudos to these guys for putting out another 399 issue and like the first issue it's like double sized yeah it's an enormous issue these guys hate money, guys. They just want to just 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 lose their money. Um, I read two image books that Siobhan does not. Woo. The Wicked and the Divine. Uh, this is the uh, the second issue before a massive thing happens. So they cool. don't have to say much other than there were some um, really kind of fun moments in this uh, Gillen and McKelvey uh, Wild Gods book. Man, the colors are so good, and that looks yeah, vaguely look, Kirby-ish. The colors are Matt Wilson, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because this is uh, him at his most Kirby-esque. Um, they've made a, um, uh, a like a, basically like a theater that um, they, they need exactly four thousand four hundred forty-four thousand four hundred and forty-four people in in the grounds to power a hive mind to power up this new machine that they, that, that they need. <laughs> Cool. To do something that I can't remember what the, why they're creating it for, but I just, you just go along with it because yeah. it's real fun. Nice. Uh, but something insane is about to happen, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll go more into depth for that next issue maybe. Nice. Um, low, issue number 19, written by Rick Remender, Greg Ticini on art, um, is a book that I've got to be up, on down, up and down with um, the last few issues. It, it comes out way more sporadically than Remender's other books and frankly isn't as exciting or kind of uh, easy to follow as they have been. Um mm-hmm. Deadly Class and, and and Black Science do a lot more to grab you, and I wonder if that a lot of, if any of that is to do with Greg Tuchini's very good but quite different and harder to kind of follow art, I guess. Mm. Um, uh, but there are moments where you're like, holy shit, no other artist could do this book. So, yeah, um, I got like three pages into this book and I was like, into this issue, and I was like, I don't think I want to read this series anymore. Mm. And I've you know I've been collecting it since it came, came out. Um, and then I was like, no, 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 you've got to come on, push through. And it ended up being a really, really great issue. And Classic ca- a character, a character that I thought was dead is, is, is maybe not, but is, or kind of a version of him. I don't know. But uh, it, actually, this issue ended and I was like, is that the end of the series? So I haven't looked up. I, I assume it isn't because uh, Rick Remender loves a, a long rant at, at mm. the end of even just a regular issue. But there wasn't <laughs> one in this, so I don't even know. But uh, yeah, so hopefully I get to review issue 20 of Lower in the future because this is a good issue. Nice. Finally, we've got some other publishers. Grass Kings, issue number six. This is a book by Matt Kint and Tyler Jenkins. It comes out through Boom. Um, and I actually thought this was going to be the uh, finale of this, but it turns out it's just the end of book one. This is uh, about a uh, group of uh, people who live off the grid mm-hmm. in their own sovereign nation, um, getting infiltrated by the uh, neighboring police uh, who drop a mustard gas bomb mm. in, their, in their community at the start of the issue. Um, what did, what did you think? Kind of, I en- really liked yeah. this. I thought this was a really, um, like there was a lot of things that were really nicely tied up, and there was some good character development for like the leads, um, and then also opening up a sort of cool mystery for the next story arc. I liked yeah. it a lot. I will say I have some difficulty figuring out who is who, just from Tyler yeah. Jenkins's art, which I think is excellent. I just think that like there are. Some of the faces aren't super distinct. Well, especially when like some of them, all, they're, they're policemen, so they're all wearing the same yeah. uniform and they've all got beards. It's just like, who's that again? That is complicated. Yeah, and, and one of the policemen is kind of on the side of the community mm. as opposed to the cops. 
and f- I couldn't. We- I was like, why is someone from their side wearing a cop mm. uniform anyway? Um, I'll, I might now that all the the first book is all out, I might go back and read it from the beginning because I've I've really enjoyed this series so far. Yeah, and I think it's one of our listener favorites as well. A lot of people always Allison's comment. Have great taste. That's very true. Also, we we we, uh, we tell them because yeah, because we influence their taste. <laughs> um, Cullen Bunn had the second issue of Unholy Grail this week. Um, with art by Mirko Kolak. This is the book about uh, a demon infiltrating uh, King Arthur's Knights at the Round Table and uh, he's taken over the body of Merlin. Um, so everything that Arthur did had a had an evil purpose, which I like. I think this is a really fun sort of... Like, I maybe didn't enjoy this issue as much as I enjoyed the first one, but the concept is, like, compelling enough for me to want to sort of see this through. Yeah. Uh, I feel kind of similar. Mm. I, yeah, I, I didn't like the first issue very much. Except then you told said how much you liked it, and I was like, oh, maybe it was good. So I stuck <laughs> with this, and I still like. Yeah, I think I will. I, I, will, I will stick with this. It is a cool concept. Evil Merlin, fun. Um, did you read the other um, Cullen Bunn book that came out, the the Unsound or something? Did you read that? Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, cool. I, 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 I forgot oh, to pick that up. Man, Cullen Bunn is just. I don't understand how he's going to maintain this level of output. My theory is that there are four Cullen Buns. Mm, I agree. <laughs> there's a sticky date Cullen Bun. <laughs> there's a, like, you know, like there's a current bun. Oh, no, oh right. Okay. There's a cinnamon right. like Cullen buns. Bun. There you go. Okay. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And there's about? a Cullen Man Bun. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the um, worst one. Yeah. Well, he clearly writes this one. No, not that this is bad. I'm sorry. This is good. It's just very fucked up. I like it. This is the, the mental asylum. Yes, yeah, so this is set in a mental asylum, but like, there's a weird underground bit, and everyone has to wear paper plates over their faces so that people don't, so that evil demons don't see them. I don't really understand what's going on, <laughs> but I like it, and the art is terrifying, and the color palette makes me feel like unwell. It's a lot of sort of, um, like in a good way, um, a lot of sort of weird acid green and stuff like that. Is it full, cool. full on horror comic now? Uh, yeah, it's pretty horrifying. Definitely like weird. Yeah, definitely full on horror comic. That last page, I just looked at it again and went like, uh, um, "Hey, oh. you actually you've read way more of these than I have." <laughs> oh, nice. Yes, good job, me. Um, you stopped reading Clue. You know, like the Cluedo comic. I think I just I just saw my the massive stack this week, and I was just yeah. like, I don't need to read all these now. There's a lot of comics. Um, yeah, it's a good call. I sort of have already like lost track of what's going on in this comic, but I still like it. Is the Australian rapper still alive? Yes. Yes, she is. Maybe I will read this issue. Um, Yeah, it's very silly and it's all to do with like some kind of magic flower that is like medicine for everything. (laughs) (laughs) She referred one of them that goes, it's anti-aging, cellular cellular regeneration, weight loss, and one heck of a powerful boner pill. (laughs) I was like, I like this comic. (laughs) Um, It's very silly, but I I enjoy it. Um, I read uh, issue two of Centipede out through um, the Atari and Dynamite imprint, written by Max Bemis with art by Aeon Marin. I quite enjoyed the first issue in which we learn that there are um, similar worlds to ours that have received um, transmissions of our technology and become obsessed with um, our arcade games, so much so that they manifest in their world and their entire world has been destroyed by a centipede, just like the centipede video game. And there is one survivor and he narrates directly to us um, and uh, the first issue was kind of wacky without being overtly comedy. And this one just goes full comedy. And I wasn't sure if I liked that as much. Um, but um, there's some great visuals in this. And um, I just, I'm just 
like baffled as to how they can turn a very very simple Atari game into a fully fledged story. So mm. I'm going to stick with it and see what happens next. Always interesting. Always, um, women always interesting. What other uh, Atari games? Have you seen? I don't know. I'm so tired. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> Um, you rejudge good. Um, so I've got Earth? issue three sitting on my bedside uh, right, table, okay. and it has been there since last month. And right. I'm like, like, well, I haven't read it yet. I may as well just no, no, no. Um, well, I don't want to give too much away, though. But like, man, Ulysses Freenas is excellent. And just taking like the sort of Judge Dredd concept and doing something really cool and fun with it. And like, he clearly, he clearly really loves Mad Max because we've always said like Motro has a very Mad Max vibe, yeah, fully. and this has a very like Judge Dredd. But Mad Max kind of vibe, but like I'm super into it and I really like it. Um, and the art's exceptional. It's very cool. Unreal. Awesome. Those are our reviews of the comics this week, which means the one thing we need to do before Siobhan goes to bed Yay. until she's woken up half an hour later by a crying <laughs> Shatterstar uh, is to tell you which comics you should be picking up this week. Um, I went through the new releases and found some pretty ex- impressive little ones we've got. Uh, we've got the... The proper beginning of Dark Knight's Metal, the big DC oh, cool. event by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Can you check that out? Be good to see Capullo doing DC characters again mm. after his brief foray into a terrible Mark Miller series. Mm. Um, I wonder if that will be made into a TV show. DC, oh yeah, weird. It probably Ooh. will be. I think that there is, a, as a concept, that would, fleshing out as a concept would probably be better than yeah. like a mini series where you just rush through all of the exciting part of, yeah, anyway. Um, also from DC, uh, they're spinning out a future quest. They're doing a fully-fledged uh, Space Ghost comic. Oh, I'm probably not going to read that. <laughs> Just a heads up. <laughs> well, something that Shimon will definitely will read, though, is Spy Seal number one. The yes. Rich, Rich Tomasi's new book over at Image. I fucking love Rich Tomaso. He's so good. Um, is it Tomaso or Tomasi? It's Tomaso. You say Tomaso, Sorry. I say Tomasi. <laughs> um, Motor Girl Returns. Nice. Oh, and uh, as does Southern Bastards. I feel like they're two oh, series great. that we love that we haven't seen an issue from in a while. Um, we get a new uh, graphic novel from Earth, the Earth One DC imprint. This time we Ooh. get the second of uh, the Teen Titans Earth One books uh, written by Jeff Lemire. I like that. Um, Black Panther, The Crew, number five, comes out. Uh, I know the fifth issue isn't that exciting, but this one is finally when Manifold enters the Yay. fray. And we are big Manifold fans over here. Um, Marvel also putting out Ultimates issue 100. Oh, okay. Which sees the Ultimate Squared team take on the original Mark Miller Ultimates oh, team. Oh, cool. <clears throat> so that could be I interesting. I they smash them. <laughs> um, over at Valiant, I did not realize this was coming out so fast. Divinity 4, issue zero starts. Oh, cool. The Matt Kintz oh, and uh, sick. the name of the artist. I didn't even know that was happening. A big kind of Russian influence. Mm-hmm. And uh, the kind of the third one was so epic in scope that I don't really know what they could possibly do mm. with the fourth, but we'll see. I'm excited. Uh, and finally, um, what's her name? Um, who's the writer? Her last name is Bennett. Marguerite. Yeah, yes, Marguerite Bennett is doing um, Sheena. Oh. The what's the name? Sheena the She Devil. Yes, nice. Um, no, the, the, isn't that the uh, Marvel one? The jungle, uh, the jungle woman. Yep. Whatever, the Sheena the Jungle Woman. Nice. That's, that's what the name is. But there's a yeah a new a new series by by her about her. Oh, cool. I'll check it out. You can check that out on our show next week. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us online, facebook.com slash podcast. Hit us a like or come and chat with us all day, facebook.com slash groups slash podcast. You can find us on Twitter at serious underscore underscore issues. Mm-hmm. And you can always um, also send us an email at uh, serious issues at Kings Comics. Is that the email address? Yeah, seriousissues at yeah. I just wanted to say a quick shout out to um, two listeners, George and Raph, um, who are two Sydney teens who are writing their own comics, which I'm really into. 
Yeah. Um, so thanks, guys. Thanks what's, for the, what's the name of their comic company um, that doesn't Rocket, exist yet? Rocket Comics. Rocket Comics. Shouts I got something Rocket from Comics. Rocket Comics official, and I was like, ooh, so official. <laughs> um, and, uh, of course, you want to support the show. Patreon.com slash Serious Users Podcast is where you can throw us a couple bucks and get rewarded with new content. And, um, I'm actually, we're actually sending out a bunch of comics to uh, some uh, people oh, really? that have supported up higher levels. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, that, Do I need to go through my collection and find uh, something? I, 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 can, I can field this month. Nice. Yeah. I have a lot of Mad Magazines, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Australian Mad Magazines. You want to send yeah. some of them to Canada? Oh, my God. That would be fun. All the, like, <laughs> really outdated Australian political satire. Mm. <laughs> Sounds great. Um, and then uh, if you uh, don't have any money and want to support the show in your own way, uh, you can uh, either write us a nice review on mm-hmm. iTunes uh, if you don't like the show, don't leave us a review. Uh, please. Don't, please. Also, just, what are you doing listening this far into the show? Um, and uh, if you uh, don't want to go in the iTunes store, just tell your friends who yeah. like comics that they should come and listen to this show and be a part of our community. Um, that would be nice. Yeah. Make sure you check out all the other shows over at Planet Broadcasting as well. Uh, lots of great ones on there, including Do Go On, which I mentioned in the, in the past. Um, but uh, we mentioned last week mm. that we didn't know who the fuck D.B. Cooper was at the end of that um, image book. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was. The Emilia uh, Earhart one. Yep. Um, and uh, about 20 people <laughs> said to me on Twitter or Facebook, um, do go on, did an episode all about him. Uh, have you so listened to it? I'm going to listen to it on oh. the way home now. Nice. And then go back in time and mm. be the smart guy who knows who he is <laughs> on last episode. You can go back in time. Yep. Man. I do it all the time. Um, thank you so much for listening and I'll see you last week. <laughs> Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.